Hi folks, Mikey here. While Paul's back in England, we're going to take this opportunity to look back at some of our favourite episodes from the first two seasons. And today, while it's the first show we ever did, a look back at that 13th century howler that became known as the Fourth Crusade. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back with some fresh episodes before Christmas. Hi everyone, and welcome to Heroes and Howlers and the Rest is History. I'm Mikey Robbins. I'm a bit of a history nerd. But my mate Paul Wilson. Hi, everybody. Paul's a proper historian, all the way from Oxford. Thanks, Mikey. Okay, folks, so here's the show. It's about the unsung heroes, the bizarre twists of fate, those weird bits of history that have surreptitiously changed the course of mankind. Yeah, actually, mate, it's also about the cock ups. <laughs> yeah. the, those howlers, the moments of madness, and they're sometimes tragic, sometimes comical, that have made the world what it is today. Hi everyone, Mikey and Paul here, and this is our first episode today, and I'm pretty excited about this one, because, well, it's one of your favourites, Paul. We're going to be looking at the Crusades. That's right, Mikey. But not just any crusade. That's right. Today we're talking about the Fourth Crusade, which is, yeah, It's one of the ones that doesn't really get as much press as the others. That's right, exactly, yes. But it's 1202, and it's the reason why it's the key in my book is because of the sacking of Constantinople. And now, if you've ever got a bizarre twist of fate, the sacking of Constantinople, 1202, that'll do for me. Also, too, one of the reasons I like it, from what yeah, we've discussed about it, is it's probably one of the dumbest crusades of all time. <laughs> <laughs> from where to go, it was a stuff-up. OK, folks, so we're back in the days of the Crusades, in the medieval era, and one that's given us some of history's greatest names. You've got your... Your Saladin, Saladin. Your Richard the Lionheart. Oh, don't get me started on him. Heck one. I knew this. Richard the Lionheart yeah. was a total spanner. Sir Richard, Richard the Great, Glorious, Richard the Lion, Blessed. Yes, Richard <laughs> the Lionheart was a bedwetter, mate. I mean, seriously. His crusades bankrupted England to the point where he even thought about selling London. Right. But he couldn't find a buyer. That is true. He couldn't okay. retake Jerusalem. All right. He was so loathed by the other crusaders <laughs> sure. that, that one of them actually, Leopold of Austria, yeah, okay, yeah. threw him in a dungeon on the way back to England and demanded a ransom. Plus he was a mummy's boy. <laughs> All right, okay. But look, fortunately, that was the third crusade. And today we're talking about the Fourth Crusade, the sacking of Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul. The Fourth Crusade. Now, when you say Fourth Crusade, can we just clear one thing up, mate? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know you're the historian. Yeah. How many bloody crusades were there? <laughs> yeah, no, good, good question, mate. And like most things in medieval times, it does depend on who you ask, but yeah. usually most people say there were eight crusades, starting with you know, the first crusade in, in 1096. But That's the, where, with Pope Urban. Pope Urban II, exactly. I, I wish his first name was Keith. <laughs> but, of course, they're just the ones that went to Jerusalem, Mikey, right? A what? Because not all the Crusades actually went to Jerusalem and the Holy Lands. Oh, it, hang on. And the Northern Crusades. Right. I've heard of them. What was yeah. that? So you got your Northern Crusades, which is basically going around the Baltic, beating up the last of the pagans. Oh, uh, really? Kicking the poop out of the occasional <laughs> Viking. Viking, yeah. You then got the People's Crusades. That was just basically a whole bunch of people. <laughs> More of a dollar shop crusade, to be honest. No, no shiny armor on this one. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was basically a violent camping trip that never left Europe, really. Yeah, usually got about as far as the South. 
for France, that's right. But the real Crusades, the, mm. the ones that we think of as the Crusades, as we, you, you mentioned, Urban II, he started all off 1096, and he obviously was the head of the Latin church, and he wanted to win back Jerusalem, win back the Holy Lands, defeat the Saracens, so that people could go you know, on pilgrimage to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, because, of course, after the fall of the Roman Empire and at the demise of Byzantium, right. all these lands were now under Saracen control. You have to admit, in, in terms of, like, you know, the Christian side of things, mm. the First Crusade was a success. That's right, yeah. It, it, it took back Jerusalem straight away. It also created these holy states like Edessa, Antioch, yeah. But then, of course... The old empire strikes back. Yeah, you know, the, the the Saracens come back. They take Jerusalem. Yeah, you know, that's just basically your second crusade. You then try again. But you got your third crusade. You got that's with Richard Saladin, and he he doesn't take Jerusalem. And as you said, yeah, Richard unfortunately did fail again. So that means by the time they're about to kick off the fourth crusade, the one we're going to talk about today, yeah. Jerusalem's in the hand of the Saracens. Well, but they stay, the Saracens are actually the Seljuks. But yes, you, you got the picture. So, folks, we're talking about the Fourth Crusade in 1202. Yeah. The sacking of Constantinople. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got Pope Innocent III. Right? right, so there's a new Pope, yeah, Pope Innocent III. He's in charge and he's put out the call and 35,000 crusaders you know, have answered right. that call and they're making their way. They're coming to Italy to get ready to go on crusade. So what, the Pope's going to lead them? Well... No, <laughs> the, he's quite good at putting out the core, but the popes, they don't like getting their hands dirty. They're just sticking around in the Vatican. Um, <laughs> scaring choir boys. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So this time, well, every, every crusade is going to be led by different kings and queens in Europe, and this one is going to be led by none other yeah. than Boniface of Montferrat. Sounds like a porn name. <laughs> it's a good name, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so he's in charge. He's got 35,000 crusaders. And they're off to Jerusalem. Next stop, Jerusalem. Mm, not quite. You see, this is the first twist, if you like, because we're actually going to go to Egypt. Why the hell would they want to go to Egypt? <laughs> okay, right. So crusading is an expensive business, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Particularly all the tra transportation. In fact, the first few crusades, they actually walked to Jerusalem. Oh, that's because you're a knight. You well, to... yeah, the, the knights were on horseback, yeah, the, 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 the squires. But, yeah, a lot of these guys were walking, which meant a lot of them never even got there in the first place. You know, they either ran out of money or they, or they died on the way, right? So this time you've got Boniface and his crowd in Italy, but they've already spent half the money just getting to Italy. They're not sure if they're going to be able to afford to get the whole way to Jerusalem. So the Pope says, hang on, I've got an idea. Maybe I can ask... Oh, the Venetians. Now, at this point in time, Venice is like one of the most powerful cities in the world and one of the richest through trade. That's right. So they control all the trade. And they've, they've, got, got, and they've got massive merchant fleets. An enormous merchant fleet that goes all over the Mediterranean, right? So he says, OK, can you do us a favour? Can you give us a lift? <laughs> to Jerusalem. But of course, yeah, merchants of Venice, yeah, pound, pound, of, flesh. pound of flesh, yeah, yeah. They say, yeah, we can, but it's going to cost you. Right? And what's the cost? Well, they say, how about... If you can do us a favour on the way, how about if you can, rather than go straight to Jerusalem... Straight to Jerusalem. Yeah, can we just go via Egypt and Alexandria? Hang on. 
Why would they want to pay a visit to Alexandria? Well, Mikey, you know, like you said, the Venetians are the big trade power yeah. um, and one of the big European trade powers. They control all the merchant fleets and all the sea trade in the Mediterranean, which basically means that they control all the trade coming out of the Silk Roads. Right. Yeah, they want all across from Asia. Spices, silks, 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 all that kind all, of thing. All that stuff, yeah. But of course, the Crusades, it's been, basically it's been a war zone for about 100 years. So that's really... Sounds familiar. <laughs> they've really messed up all the Silk Roads. Right. So all these trade routes have stopped and now all the trade's coming down the south, up round Arabia, through the Red Sea, and it's all coming through Alexandria. So suddenly, the, all the Alexandrian merchants are getting all the cash. Yeah, and obviously the Venetians, they don't like this. So, as part of their holy mission to retake Jerusalem, yep. the Venetians wanted to uh, knock off uh, Alexandria on the way. And it's not Saracens this time, this time it's Mamluks. Mamluks? Yes, yeah, they're knocking off a few Mamluks in Alexandria. And then swing round and take Jerusalem from behind? Got it in one. So, OK, so at this point, are they on the ships and are they heading to now Alexandria? Exactly. But... What? <laughs> OK, now... Those 35,000 men I told you about, Mikey, we're, yeah. now, we're now down to 12,000 men. Like I said, it's an expensive business. Half of them are given up. They've run out of money. And they're broke. They, 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 they do not have a pot to piss in. Yeah, so all that money that they didn't have, they've got, they've got even less. So, so now, yeah. and this is probably one, one of my favourite characters in history comes in, the blind old doge Dandolo, the doge of Venice. So what's his brilliant idea? He's in charge of Venice. He's in charge of his fleet. And he says, OK, if you've really got that little money, I'll do you a special, 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 special deal. On the ships. But you're going to have to do me one more favour. What's that? Not just Alexandria this time. What? So you're going to have to do a bit of heavy muscle job on somebody else as well, if you don't mind. A Muslim city? Not the Mamluks. Not the Mamluks? No. Not. The Saracens. Not the Saracens, no. Not the Seljuks. No. How about you can do the uh, fellow Christians in Zara? Hang on, Zara, that's where modern-day Croatia is, right? Right, the Dalmatian coast. We're not talking the close shop here. Zara is the big city on the Dalmatian-Croatian coast as it is now. And it's a Christian city. Uh, hang on, you said it's on the coast, right? Yeah. So I've got a vague idea of why the Doge wants to kick the living out of Zara now. It used to be a satellite of Venice, but it's got a bit big for its boots, and it's now trying to make its own empire and steal some of the trade from Venice. So the Doge says, if you could just knock off Zara on the way, boys, I'll give you that special, special discount. And do they? Oh, hang on, but for a start... Wouldn't the Pope step in and say, please don't knock the shit out of living? Well, that Christians? was the problem because obviously they were on crusade, right? Yeah, they were on yeah. the crusade to go against the Saracens and suddenly they're starting to kill fellow Christians. So, yeah, the Pope writes a couple of letters and says, I'm not quite sure that was part of the plan, boys, but needs must when you're going on crusade. So, you know, you've got to break a few eggs. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> off they go. Zara, bish, bosh, bash, over in a week. The city's gone and they're merry to go on their way. Okay, so they've gotten into Zara, so yep. I'm assuming now they're off to Alexandria on the way to Jerusalem. That's the plan. So Alexandria, here we come? No. Oh. So, as we said at the top of the show, this is about the sacking of Constantinople. <laughs> the Fourth right? Crusade, one of the greatest cock-ups in history. So, so, right. so, okay. So how do we get to Constantinople? Well, yeah. There's a guy called Alexios Angelos, all right? Hang on, I think I know where we're going here, but you've got to concentrate, folks, because this can get complicated. Okay, he is the prince of Byzantium, right? His dad yeah. was the emperor, Isaac. And he was deposed by, was he, was he thrown out by the Seljuks? 
No. Okay, he has been deposed, yeah. but not by the Seljuks, not by the Saracens, but by his own brother. So Alexis's uncle... Who's called? Uh, well, <laughs> he's now, he changes his name to Alexios Angelos. <laughs> okay, so Alexios... Angelos calls Alexios Angelos to get rid of Alexios Angelos. Yeah, no, so you've got little Alexi... Okay, you little Alexi's the nephew. Yeah, he's the prince. Yeah. And he says, look, my dad's been deposed yeah. by my uncle Alexios Angelos... Yeah. Can you help me? Can you bring your Crusader boys? You're probably going to stop in here and do a bit of refueling, get some food anyway. Some duty-free. <laughs> yeah, some duty-free. While you're here, can you help me reclaim the throne for me and kick out Uncle Alexei? Now, hang on. At this point in time, Constantinople, it's a prize, isn't it? It's Oh, yeah. It's the richest, is it the richest city in the Western world? Well, basically it is. Yeah, it's by far the richest city in Europe. So Alexei, he says, look, if you can help me... I'll make it worth your while, guys. You know, yeah, yeah, but if they help him, what happens to his dad who's been deposed? <laughs> well, okay, he says, well, don't worry about dad. Don't worry about Isaac. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure he has a nasty accident on the city walls while he's out walking one night or something, you know. Yeah, do, do himself a nasty injury at the Golden Horn or something like that. <laughs> gets, right? a gold, gets a Golden Horn and he's boss for us. So, so, okay, so the Crusaders, they were supposed to go to Alexandria. They're, not going, they're, they're now going... They're they... stopping off in Constantinople. Yeah, they're saying, okay, we're going to help this guy out. Yeah. We're going to restore him and his family, get rid of his uncle, and put little Alexei back on the throne. And do they? No problem at all. Yeah, so Alexei, you know, he opens the back door, basically. He gets their army. There's a lot of back door going on, mate. <laughs> he gets there with the Crusaders, with their army, and they line up against uh, Uncle Alexei, kill Uncle Alexei. Poor old Father Isaac, he slipped off the wall, so he's gone. So little Alexei... Uh, little Alexei is now made... Alexios Angelos IV, Emperor of Byzantium. And he has now got more money than you can shake a stick at, mate. He says, I'll give, you, I'll give you money, I'll give you men to go on crusade, anything you want, the world's your oyster. And the people of Byzantium rejoice? For a little while. A little while, right. Yeah, like a, a week. And then they were, actually, uh, this guy is basically just a money-grabbing... Uncle killing, <laughs> uncle killing, possible father killing, father killing little shit. Yeah. Right, so they go. Actually, we don't want you at all. So the citizens get rid and depose little Alexei, little Prince Alexei. Gets bumped off, falls <laughs> falls off another city wall on, the, on an evening stroll. And now there's a power vacuum, and they need to elect a new emperor. Right now, you mentioned uh, Dandolo. Yeah, blind. What's he up to at this point? Okay, so Dandolo, he's with his Venetian army. He's there and he's thinking, okay, well, who's going to be the new guy in charge? Am I going to get my money? And the new guy in charge, so we've had Alexios Angelos III. Yeah. We've had Alexios Angelos IV. Yeah. And the new guy, no relation, is called... What? Alexios Angelos oh, no! V, right? Yeah, so Alexios Angelos V is on, but he's no relation and he's not part of the deal. So Dandolo is, is a little bit annoyed, right? As is Boniface of Montferrat. In fact, Boniface is not just annoyed, he's thinking, hang on, maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe it's time for me to have a big idea. And his big idea is, well, hang on, if everyone's having a go at becoming emperor of Byzantium, Constantinople, I've got the biggest crusader army in town why don't i have a go at becoming the emperor okay here's the question i'm going to ask here. yeah okay these crusaders they've already kicked the living you know what out of zara a yeah. christian town constantinople's a christian town as well yes what does the pope 
say about these crusaders who are now we're getting up towards the sack of Constantinople that's right so the Pope must be pretty ticked off about this okay yeah so Boniface obviously he thinks it's a brilliant idea because he's going to become emperor but he's got to sell it to the the rest of the team right now the (laughs) the rest of the Roman Catholic Church yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so Dandolo yeah he's on board because he's like okay if, as long as you just give us the trade and the ports and control over at least half of Constantinople, well, yeah, we're on side. The Crusaders, not too happy, but yeah, maybe we'll let's see. And then the Pope, you would think, now he's already written letters saying, please stop killing fellow Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but suddenly the Pope realises, hang on, this is my big chance as well. I think I know where you're going because Constantinople was a Christian city, but it was an Orthodox Christian city. Exactly. It's not a Roman Catholic Christian city. The Great Schism of 1058. 1058. So for basically for the last 150 years, they've actually been big enemies. Yeah. So the Great Schism of 1058 is when the church divided. Because basically the Pope and the head of the Latin church said, we're in charge, you've got to do as we say. And of course the, the Orthodox church, the patriarch in Constantinople, he said, no, no, we've got pointier hats than you. Then you had the massacre of the Latins. So it's it's just, a massacre of the Latins just to make sure you can stick your uh, Latin dictionaries where the, where the Pope don't wash. So the Pope is actually not doing anything to stop Boniface from sacking Constantinople. Yeah, he says, he basically gives him the green light. He says, yeah, okay, forget about Jerusalem. Let's turn your crusading sites on the Orthodox Church. We'll reunite the church. The Venetians will get all the trade. You become emperor. Forget about Montferrat. What is Montferrat? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Montferrat's a, a very... Poor little uh, city halfway between you know, Genoa and Milan, the sort of place you'd drive through, drive through in the night time. So, folks, we're at 12.02. We're about to deal with the sacking of Constantinople, the Fourth Crusade, one of the greatest cock-ups in medieval history. That's right. So, the Pope's basically given... Boniface the green light to sack. Sack Constantinople, reunite the Christian church. Yeah, But correct me if I'm wrong, Constantinople ain't that easy a place to sack, mate. No, that's true. That is very true. So basically, as we've said, it's the biggest, it's the richest city in Europe, almost the richest city in the world at the time. Certainly, in terms of natural defences, one of the most impregnable fortresses. You've got the Bosphorus, you've got the Golden Horn, and it's, it's on an isthmus. And at the back of that peninsula, you've got these enormous city walls that, you know, no one's been able to scale for hundreds of years, except... What? Now, of course, these crusaders... In their ships, they've actually got these new sets of siege towers, which they've invented so that they can conquer Jerusalem. And they say, well, hang on. These might just be the siege towers that will work to conquer Constantinople. <laughs> hang on, something. So they get to use the siege towers, but yeah. only on the wrong city. That's right. Instead of Jerusalem, they're using them on Constantinople. Exactly. And do they work? Not only does it work, Constantinople gets bashed, it gets smashed, it gets smashed to smithereens. Yeah, Boniface, he becomes the emperor. The crusaders, they just go, okay, raping and pillaging all the way through. And Dandelo's still there, is he? The blind doge? (laughs) Blind doge is still there. He's like, okay, great. I'll take all those docks. I'll take the ports. I'll take the trade. Oh, and while I'm here, Mikey, have you ever been to Venice? Uh, St. Mark's, yeah. Yeah, St. Mark's, St. Mark's Square, St. Mark's Cathedral. You may, if you'd looked up, you may have seen four beautiful bronze horses uh, just on the top of St. Mark's yeah, Cathedral. Yeah, yeah, absolutely famous, yeah. Well yeah. famous, yeah. They came from 
Constantinople. They, they were on the Hippodrome. Yeah. Con- Emperor Constantine in the 4th century built those four bronzes. They were on the Hippodrome in the middle of Constantinople. Dandolo nicks them, puts him on his ship and sails back home. So hang on. I just want to recap here. You're telling me that for the entire 4th Holy Crusade, not only were there zero enemy armies defeated, yep. not only was a fellow Roman Catholic trading centre destroyed, yep. not only did the Crusaders not get to Jerusalem... Yeah, forget about Jerusalem. ..but the largest, wealthiest, most important capital in Christendom, Constantinople, <laughs> was razed to the ground. Yep, give or take a brick. That's basically the size of it, Mikey. And so it, it basically <laughs> never, never recovers, and what, a couple of centuries later you've got Mehmet coming in. That's right, yeah. Never recovers. <laughs> no Saracens get beaten. They take all the loot, you know. Catholicism, of course, is happy. You know, the churches are reunited. They smash up the Orthodox Church. Hagia Sophia gets gets pillaged. Nothing happens to Jerusalem. And... And the rest is history. OK, Paulie. Fourth Crusade, 1202. How about some modern repercussions? Sure. Now, you know I'm lapsed, but <laughs> I am a Catholic. Right. I've got some memory, because oh, you talk about the Orthodox Church being being bashed around, I've got some memory earlier on, this, in the early 2000s, about John Paul That's II. right, yeah. And this, folks, is basically, when, you know, when we say the sacking of Constantinople was one of the biggest cock-ups of all time, we yeah. mean you know, it changed the course of history. In 2004, right. which is basically 800 years later, yeah, 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 yeah. it is still... A key pivotal moment in history, right? Because the pontiff, uh, head of the Catholic Church, Pope John Paul the II, second, JP II. Yeah, he is on his trip to Greece. Yeah, it's the first time a pope has gone gone for Greece for a long, 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 long time. He's not allowed to set foot on Orthodox soil. Not allowed to set foot on Orthodox soil unless he issues a public apology for the sacking of Constantinople in 1202. And let's face it, popes don't like apologising. <laughs> they don't like apologising. But he had to, and he had to officially, he said sorry, he apologises to the patriarch of the Orthodox Greek Church for the sacking of Constantinople and the Fourth Crusade. So that Fourth Crusade, that stuff up, still had ramifications 800 years later. Now, okay, we like asking this question. Fluke, uh, I'm going to say cock up, hand of God. I, mean, I know it's a religious thing. Hand of God involved there, Paul? Well, you know, honestly, with... Pope Innocent III, you might think a bit of hand of God, but yeah, and I must admit, I've got, I've got, I've always had a sneaky suspicion that that blind old Doge Dandolo was planning it all along. But no, I, I think yeah, you got to say stuff up, haven't you? You know, and a, and not just one stuff up, yeah, a whole series. <laughs> and, and in terms of you know the way history is still being played out today, it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. I reckon it's one of the greatest underrated stuff ups in, in Western history. Well, that's a wrap for our first show, folks. And I, I must have been, I rather enjoyed myself, Paul. That's right, first in the series. Well yeah. done, Mikey. So, well done, Paul. Um, folks, if you want to like or subscribe or leave a yeah. comment on, on any of the platforms that you use to get your podcasts, or, of course, you know, if you want to contact us on social media, just use at the rest is hist. The rest is hist. And, of course, you can find all that stuff in the show notes. Mm-hmm.